What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour. I am Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. And this week, we have a of the thrilling I, I would I would say it is worth using the word thrilling, thrilling for this yeah. topic I think that's applicable yes you think so I like it yep okay so this week we are going to be talking about managing and navigating client relationships yeah because we're at the core of things we're in the relationship biz oh yeah I you know did are. you think about that yeah because you know we're, we're also not selling backyard we're selling experiences we are selling experiences experiences and we're managing client relationships. Yeah. So I think it's a very important topic. Everybody in the trades, it's a very human to human interaction. Yeah. So I think it's it's very important to kind of tread that balance between being super friendly and also being professional and also, you know, giving to your clients, but not taking so much from yourself. So right. it's a give and take. And I think it's a delicate line to balance. Mm-hmm. We're working mm-hmm. on it all the time. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's going to be a good topic. For sure. You think so? It's definitely something you're always going to have to work on. Yeah, I think so. You're always going to be learning. You're always going to be learning. So yes, I think it's going to be a great topic for today. I think it's going to be a really exciting topic. Yeah. And I think, we got, I think we got a lot to talk about. A lot of different facets of building relationships with clients when it goes mm-hmm. great. There's some things that uh, that we can learn from that. Absolutely. And sometimes when it goes really great, I get in the habit of over giving stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw that in because you're so awesome and yeah. we're having such a good time and we're basically <laughs> like a big family. And I am the opposite. Yeah, you're like, like, no, no. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. You're like John Taffer on Bar Rescue. Yeah. You watch that show? No, but I've heard you make so many mentions about it. <laughs> really? He always is like, shut it down. You're making yeah. people sick. So, uh, yeah. yeah and then great. also when it goes bad, there's some things mm. to learn there. Yeah. doesn't there's often all, yeah. go bad, but sometimes it does. Yeah. You got to learn from it. You got to just get better at navigating that situation next time. True. Or maybe even keeping your eyes peeled, seeing it before you even get into that relationship and yeah. saying, you know what? I'm going to swipe left on this. Which way do you swipe on the... I don't know. I don't know. I didn't that do was, dating apps. Yeah. <laughs> I it I, was... I just missed the boat on that. So, uh, But yeah, theoretically, me metaphorically, swiping the wrong way on clients. The no thank you way. The no thank you way. Yeah. The, this is not a match for me way. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, before right. we get into that... Yep. Do you want to do you want, do you want a, an ice cold Miller Lite can? I would. Yeah. That sounds delightful. I just thought that it would be a good pick for today, not only because it was it was already in my garage fridge, but also <laughs> it's just, you know, it's the first uh, week of football. Yeah. And it's, this is just like a this is like a football beer. Yeah. I guess so, we should address that. We're not recording on a Friday. We're recording on a Sunday. So we just we watched. Are. Well, I won't say we just watched. I'm sure you watched a good bit of football today. I watched very little football, but yeah. we're on the tail end of a day of football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, so you were, uh, you were hanging out with friends, football game was on, but you were, you watched very little of it. Here's my thing. When I watch sports, I pretend to be interested <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I look at them and then I pick like the handsome ones and then I Google and I'm like, are they married? Do they have children? Where'd they go to college? 
that okay. kind of stuff. That's you what get I do. Into a How bit tall of a rabbit, are they? Bit of a rabbit hole. I do, yeah. So that's okay. what when I watched today, I was with a friend who was very into football, and then one friend who was not very into football. So okay, the two of us were over in the corner just googling who was married and who has kids and where they went to college and all that kind of stuff. So very interesting. Different experiences for for, for sports. For yes, sure. and last week was Labor Day, and because it is the holiday of laborers such as us, yeah, we decided to. Uh, observe the holiday and we took the week off from the podcast we obviously took the day off from work as well but uh yeah so hopefully everybody out there got to take a nice three-day weekend i hope yeah so you deserve it yeah for sure yeah maybe a, a mental vacation if if you couldn't take like a full vacation yeah maybe just a i i feel like that has a negative connotation to it a mental vacation i think that means you like think? you kind of lost it a little oh, bit. Oh, is it? Uh, no, I, no, I think meant so. like a do something to relax. Okay, <laughs> I hope you didn't yeah. go insane. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't go insane. Uh, but I did have quite a few people reach out uh, and think that I was down in the dumps of burnout because we had just done the burnout episode <laughs> and then we skipped a week. No, it was just because yeah. it was Labor Day yeah. and uh, we just thought, you know, everybody should take a break. Yeah. And we took a break and it was nice and now we're rejuvenated and we're ready to just kill the rest of the year yeah kill it back to biz back to biz so let's get into it yeah do you have anything that you want to open up the uh the talk about client relationships with um well skip lippincott my my father's famous quote was business would be so much easier or business is great if you didn't have to deal with the customers so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very true that is very true it is there's so many difficult things about running a business with actually learning the trade, um, marketing yourself, uh, figuring out all of the back end business type stuff like accounting and bookkeeping and, and all of that, making a profit. And then there's like this wild card that you really can't like you can't control. It's with it's it's out of your control to a certain extent. And that is the client themselves that are hiring you to do the work. So, yeah. Um, it's a really important skill to have and I don't think you'll ever be perfect at it. You'll never yeah. be able to like fully identify and weed out the clients that you don't want to work with. Sometimes a client seems great. It turns south somewhere mm -hmm. and it gets into like a sticky situation. Um, yeah. And but, I think it's okay to realize that you, you might not be the contractor or whatever you do for everyone. Like no matter what you do, like yeah. I think that on the scale of customer relationships, from what I've seen, you do a great job and most oh, of the clients love you and they're so happy to just like turn their home over to you for whatever amount of time that we're there. Yeah. But every once in a while, you just get somebody that is nitpicky or they just can't like they just want to look for something to complain about. And it's like it's not your fault, but every once in a while you're going to have that person, you know, so it's like That's you true. can't make you can't and you're not going to make every single person just 100 percent happy all of the time. That's true. That's true. You can, you obviously want to strive to make as many of your customers as happy as possible. I kind of want to break it into two different uh, segments of potential clients. And that mm -hmm. is, you have your clients that are really great clients that you get along with that, um, you know, are just like your ideal client. But you still have to like tread that balance of figuring out, um, you know, like where to draw that line between giving 
too much. Like somebody mm-hmm. wants to add something and you're already there and they're a great client and you're having a good time working on the project and it can become very easy to like over promise on things or, yeah. you know, just right in the, in the heat of the moment, you kind of underestimate the time it's going to take to add this thing. And those are like the make or break points a lot of time, especially mm-hmm. on a larger project with the add-ons that can either make it a really good profitable job and hit all of your numbers, or you can get buried on it by like over giving. So yeah, that's always been, I think, a bit of a uh, bit of a challenge for me. When a client comes to me and they like trust whatever I want to do and they're like, whatever ideas you have, you know, bring them to us. We'll kind of let you run with whatever ideas you come up with. That's a lot of times where I get into trouble because yeah. uh, I get too excited and I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to do this. Yeah. We're going to do a, a really crazy inlay uh, or we already had an inlay planned. And you know what? We're going to take it to the next level. Yeah. And a lot of times there's a bunch of like little details that I'll be the one that wants to do them, not necessarily the client bringing it to me. So we'll just start throwing in things, you know, on the house. Yeah. And that can really add up on a big project and it can put you behind schedule. It can put you, you know, behind your ideal margin. It can do all of those things. So it's something that for me, I really need to be more conscious of. Yeah. You've, have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That is one of the things that I've noticed. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, like when I worked in the commercial world, it was so much easier to be like cutthroat with things because it was all business. You were dealing with a business dealing with a business, but now we are a business dealing with personal people and you are in their homes and it becomes a very personal relationship. Do you feel like that makes it harder for you to like tread that balance, you know, where you're not just. I think making like this personal connection with these people. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I've noticed uh, is a big part of of that getting into that situation is if like we get to the project and we're already behind schedule, like we had anticipated we would start maybe a month earlier that, you know, we had signed the job a year ago. And then by the Mm -hmm. time we get there, we're already a month behind, you know, I have like the feeling that I want to like add in a couple extra bonus things right. just to like kind of make up for it and make sure that like they have a great experience. Um, so that's like really, I think where it starts initially. Mm-hmm. Then like on our project that we're 99% done right now, the huge project that we've been doing, the client has been coming to us adding things. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a different thing to tread. Uh, one thing that I think will really help in those situations, uh, which you've been helping with a lot is like each thing that gets added on, we itemize it in a change order, like make sure we document everything. Yeah. Even the things that we're going to like basically throw in, make sure that those are documented and send over a receipt. And then you can show them like, these are all the things that, that we're kind of throwing in for you, you kind of have that like paper trail of things that you're doing above and beyond. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, um, a lot of people just think like, oh, you're already here. Like, it's just going to take you a minute yeah. you know, to do this thing. And they don't think it's a big deal. 
Sometimes it's not, but a lot of times those things kind of add up. And the more you give on it, the more they want to, you know, naturally like just add on other things if you're just going to continually do them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a really good tip for people that get in that situation is just make sure you're like documenting it. Even if it's something that you're going to throw in for free because it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Send them a change order and just say no charge. Yeah. Just so that they know you're putting in all this extra work and really document like what you're going to do so they can see like, oh, wow, this is a little bit more involved than I thought. This, yeah. this might take them, you know, a few hours or a half a day and they're throwing it in for free. So I think that gives the client like a more realistic picture of like the the good hearted thing that you're doing for them by throwing it in. Yeah. That's a great that's a great point because You think so? I feel like customers never know how long <laughs> things take or you know, how much effort things actually take or yeah. even like the smallest little supply could cost a ton of money and they you know, they don't think of that. So Yeah. If you're documenting it and letting them know like okay, you know, it's not just this quick Five minute thing, like yeah, we're actually doing something pretty substantial here. That it, that's a good way to manage expectations. It is, it is, and I think y- <laughs> we've learned a lot on this last project because it did grow <laughs> a lot in the course of construction, and we kind of we kind of go about it like my inclination is like, hey we're already here. You want to add things like everything that you add is just going to make the job cooler. Yeah. It's going to make the final pictures better. It's going to be cool content that we can shoot. Like all of those things are the things that I look at. Yeah. You are like, we're already way behind schedule. Like (laughs) we have to cut it off at a certain point. So like, how do you think you, like, what did you learn from this project? Because, you know, I look at it like, we're doing their whole backyard. Like they're only going to do this project once. Yeah. And they're already, if they would have stuck with the initial design, like they would have already been spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They're spending even more now. So it's like, I kind of want to have that type of service where if you come up with an idea and you want to add something and it's not something that we can like easily add later, it has to be integrated into the project. My inclination is to say yes, but it does completely throw us off schedule. So how do you think we could navigate that maybe a little bit better. Um, it's, it's, it really is such a hard balance because I feel like I come to it with this really like rigid, like, no, you signed a contract. These are the things we're going to do for you. And like, yeah, like adding things here and there is like, you know, fine. Cause we are already there. But at a certain point, it's like, we have all these other jobs books. We need to stay on a schedule. And I think it was like during this podcast when you said to me like, no, this is like, we're providing this custom experience for them. Um, we want them to be happy when we leave. We want them to have their dream backyard. We want them to not look at their backyard and be like, oh, this would be perfect if we just had this one other thing. So I think that it is just a, such a balance of figuring out where to draw that line because my, I'm like, no, like yeah. <laughs> there's so many times when you've been like, okay, they want to add this. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I, I started just saying, Hey, sounds great, but you got you got to run by Catherine. I don't know she she calls the shots here. You got to talk to her. I know, and the client was like, "I don't no, want to." I don't want to talk to Catherine because they know what that's gonna. They know that you're yeah. gonna say no. And in this <laughs> specific uh, example, we're talking about the tiny house, like building yeah. a full tiny house, and um, 
I just naturally <laughs> in me, it's <laughs> like, like, oh, that would be pretty yeah. neat to, to build a tiny house. And, and you're like, like no, we don't build of- <laughs> houses. Like, and it is ridiculous. Like we, we can't do that. We are we not set up to build tiny houses. It would take us, it would just take way longer than expected, no matter how long yeah. we think it would ex- like expect to take. Yeah. And, uh, I think that I think <laughs> that's that, where I draw the line. Tiny yeah. houses. Tiny houses no. have to go, <laughs> but it, it, it really has been, I think this whole year in general has been a lot more eye opening to those things because, yeah. um, I kind of have somebody else that is involved with the scheduling. Like the rest of, of the guys don't really totally know the intimate details of the conversations I have with future clients. Like Mm -hmm. this was the initial expectation of start date. So now that you're involved in all that stuff and you are also talking with the future clients, you know, like every day, like it's two people (laughs) that have that stress of us being behind schedule. The rest of the guys are like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're a little bit behind, but Hey, we're on this job now. I know that. And we'll get to the next one later. But when you're the one talking to the clients, like, yeah, I think we'll be there probably in June and now it's August and we're still not there. Yeah. That like, you know, just having two people deal with that same issue, it it brings like a lot more perspective to it and and makes it makes it a priority to at least get some sort of system around how we handle this. Yeah. And how we can get better at it. Definitely. It's a it's a good cop, bad cop situation, I would say, but I think that we Yeah. We've learned to find a balance and I I mean I, we're still learning for sure. Yeah. And if we had to lean one way or the other, I'm definitely the good cop and you're the bad <laughs> yeah, cop. But yeah, okay, is, okay. Yeah, that is yeah, 100% uh, what I'm saying. Okay, good, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not good at playing the bad cop. I'm really not. I'm really not. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that that has been such a difficult thing for me because my inclination is to like just give them everything that they want yeah. and build like the backyard of their dreams. And if they come up with an idea to do something, it's like, I want to, I want to be the contractor. That's like, Oh yeah. Like this is what was in the plan, but Hey, we're here now. Like you're not going to redo this later. Like this is the one shot that we have to do your backyard. And if you really want this, that is, that's what makes premier outdoor living premier outdoor living. Like we're going to go that extra mile. We're going to bend over backwards. We're going to do everything in our power to make sure that this turns out exactly as you imagined and more. Yeah. So. Yeah. (sighs) But it it, like, it's hard because a lot, I I feel like for a lot of the past jobs, it was, if we did add on those things, it was like delaying us a week, which we're like, Oh, it's delaying us a week, but it's, you know, that's, you can work around that. If we were to build this tiny house, that would take, I don't know. When I asked Anthony about, he said it would take two months. So I feel like in reality, (laughs) that means it would take three months, which means we would be on this job for like, like Six year, to seven yeah, I don't months, know. which yeah. is just no, no, no. We can't not, do that. We're not built for that. We're not. We don't. We're, we don't build tiny houses. We don't. Build we don't build houses. big houses. We don't build tiny. <laughs> ho- we just don't build houses. So we don't build um, additions, and we just we just, we did, just did. Yeah, <laughs> we just did. Uh, but let's not add anything more, yeah. especially this year. Um, I think one thing that's going to help with that is our system of scheduling next year, where they're just going to be kind of like put in a queue. Yeah. They'll know where they stand in that queue. Mm-hmm. They'll know that this job is right before them. This is the job that's two jobs before them. And they can follow along and will definitely, you know, give much less precise start dates. You know, yeah. we'll be very, very clear in the beginning. Like, okay, you know, we're thinking summertime next year. 
Yeah. We, we can't promise you anything. This is where you fall in line. Uh, I think previously a lot of things came up unexpectedly on, you know, for me at least that there was a couple jobs. I'm like, yeah, you, you're scheduled for like the first job of next season. I think there's no problem us getting there in April, May at the latest. And then, you know, jobs drag on, you know, stuff gets added, weather delays through the winter. And then next thing you know, we're finishing jobs from the previous season at the beginning of this one. So I think we'll just be more mindful of that. And setting those realistic expectations is probably one of the biggest like factors in establishing that relationship. Yeah. You know, you don't want to like get behind the eight ball and like feel like you have to make up for something because now they were expecting it to start now, even though they're like acting totally cool with it. Like, Hey, I get it. I get it. You know that they're like a little disappointed. They're anxious to get started. Yeah. So you like, I always get in that mental state of feeling like we have something to make up for when it's just unavoidable sometimes. So I think setting those expectations more realistically from the beginning is going to be a big help. Yeah. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. I, I, I hope so. I feel, but I also think that that, like, while I do, li- I like that idea, and I think that that's what we will have to do moving forward. I think that it's you really have to pick and choose your clients that way because, like, some clients would just be like out on that. They'd be like, "No, I need a, I need a start date." Or like, people have already been burned by contractors. If you just give them an ambiguous, like, "You're yeah, after this job," just give us, yeah. You see this picture? You're after this. You're <laughs> yeah. after that picture. Yeah. Then we'll get to your picture. Or like, give us a deposit, and then we'll be there at some point. Like, some yeah. people might not like that, so. It's probably good to figure that out and get them out of the queue. Exactly. So, so how do you how do you go about managing that? Like finding those people or like finding those right relationships to nurture. Well, I think I think we're we're really on the cusp of getting that figured out to a much greater extent this year with the wait list. Yeah, like people have signed up for a wait list. Some of them almost a year ago at this point have just gotten on a wait list and we haven't reached back out to them. We haven't done any designs. We haven't seen their backyard. We have reached back out to them. Well, we've we've reached back out to them now, now that we're getting ready to start doing designs. Yes. Um, But that weeded out a lot of people right there. Some people had already gotten their project done or started or whatever. Um, And then with reaching back out, we kind of laid out exactly how the process is going to work. So, that just like lays it all out for them. If they're not yeah. comfortable with how this process is going to work, they can decide, I don't want to move forward, yeah. which is fine. But it, it again, just lays out the expectations of how this is going to work. And that's the way it's going to work best for us. And it's going to allow us to, you know, get through the design process and the consultation progress process as easily as possible so that we can still be present for the clients that we're working with right now. Yeah. That's what a lot of this hinges on is like I stopped doing in-person consultations because it was taking me off the job site too much. And it's like our number one priority is the client that we're working for right now. Yeah. That's what we always want it to be. So I think sometimes you need to explain that to your future clients of why you're not going to go out to their site you know, stuff like that. But I think it comes down to those expectations. And I think we're doing a much better job at setting those expectations for next year. Yeah. And I think each, 
with each job that ends, we kind of get a better idea of like, I, I feel like we're so lucky with the clients that we do get because everyone has just been mostly wonderful. Yeah. Um, but at the end of every job, we do kind of get a sense of like what questions maybe we should have asked in the beginning or whatever. And I mean, I can only think of one client that's been like a little bit of a, We'll get into that. We, yeah, I don't know if you want to get into that, but we, we'll, we'll get. Oh, we'll, we have okay. to. We have to. Yeah. So we had one that was a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a stickler, a little thorn in our side, I guess. I don't know how to word it in a correct way, but uh, we learned from that experience. Some of those did, like yeah. questions to ask in the beginning when you're talking to a client. Yeah. So that that is definitely something that I would love to institute going forward, just kind of like assessing at the end of each job. Like, okay, what could have... Like a psychological test for each client. Yeah. You yeah, have to maybe be, that's what we need. Yeah. You need a psychological evaluation. Oh, we should make them do the Myers-Briggs test. Like we, you know, we took that personality test. Yeah. Everyone has to take personality tests before, yeah. before we work for them. I think we need a doctor to evaluate people. A psychiatrist yeah, or something. I don't know. That's something to think about for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think we have, uh, we've talked enough about the good clients and kind of navigating like those little issues that you might have with um, adding on. But yeah. for the most part, it's like how to keep that really good relationship. We have had very, very few experiences with bad clients that yeah. the relationship didn't really end well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I guess we'll get into that now because we okay. got, we got a, a pretty, not that recent, <laughs> but a recent one yeah. that, was like you said a little bit of uh we'll just say not a good fit for us and we should have we should have seen that way earlier in the yeah. process and uh yeah. been able yep, yep. to remove ourselves from that situation yeah we did a project uh not super recently but recently enough that uh i, I don't i don't want what i'm worried about i don't want to like for people to because we're not going to like give the actual project so that people can figure out who this was, but (laughs) we don't want, because most of our clients like ambiguous terms, we'll speak in ambiguous terms, but um, all the rest of our clients have been absolutely amazing. We've had great relationships with them. And this one started out what I thought pretty good, um, but we definitely learned a lot from it. So this is basically how it went down. Um, You know, Met with the client, did a design. We had worked for their neighbor across the street, so they'd seen that project. That client was awesome. Um, They were super happy with it. He apparently loved what we did there. Mm -hmm. He wanted all this, all this, you know, kind of a similar project, but added a lot of other things. And right from the beginning, it was a lot of. I think he he played on that like, um, like friendly joking side of me yeah that was you know he wasn't like a real stickler like i can't pay that you got to bring it down this much he was like john come on you're killing me here like let's you know can you throw that in like you know just so much of that and he was really a likable guy and and all this kind of stuff friendly like so friendly never combative or anything it was always like incredibly friendly incredibly friendly so um i think right from the get-go he he got he got way too much out of me on that project like yeah. it was underestimated from the beginning he put me in a mindset where i was like 
looking at every detail, like, okay, I think we could do this a little bit faster, Mm -hmm. like kind of convincing myself of ways that we could shave time off and still make this project work. Um, because he was like super friendly and he was just like, your work is awesome. And he, he would always say like, Hey, you're the designer. Like I want, I want to, you know, kind of lean on you for the design ideas and throughout that whole process, like it went really well, went pretty smooth. Um, yeah. You know, wasn't really any red flags besides the fact that I kind of had in the back of my mind that I kind of at the end underbid this project and we were giving a little bit too much for what we were charging. But yeah, at the end of the day, I came to terms with that. I was okay with it. And I guess it, it kind of started with, we had laid out all of the material choices, everything like that, colors, he came to a project that I guess we did like right before his and it was the same colors that we were going to use. And he was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, and he, he was just like picking apart like the tiniest little details in the color of the deck board or the color of the paver. And it was like, I showed you tons of pictures of this. I showed you samples like this is, he's like, oh, it didn't really look like this. I'm like, it looked exactly like this. Like this yeah. is the thing. And the, from that point on, it was just constantly like, ah, I'm not so sure about this. Like, don't, do you think this should be moved? And it made the whole process um, really difficult for us because yeah. at every turn, like before anything was done, he was like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about that? Like, is that going to be fixed? Like to the very like most minute detail. And mm-hmm. it was all before it was done. And he just like wanted to talk about it and like yeah. point out these things. And I'm like, hey, it's it's not done yet. Like if you still have these issues when we're done and it's and it's finished, come to me. And, you know, I, I'm just sitting here saying like, yeah, that is that's not finished. We are going to, you know, complete that part of it. Don't worry. Yeah. But he was like, oh, well, well how are you going to do that? I'm like, we're going to do it like we do every other project. Like that is completely fine. It's not done. It's part of the process. Like just. <laughs> relax wait till it's done and then you can look over all this stuff and if there's anything that you don't like that i look at and i say that's not something that i can stand behind and be proud of we'll fix it no problem right we do stuff like that a lot usually it's me pointing it out to myself and just saying we got to replace that we got to change that so that's where i guess in the in the whole like scheme of the project from really the beginning, there was just so many things that he wanted to change and pick apart and all this kind of stuff and was okay with payments until it came to the final payment. Yeah. And he picked apart all of these little things, like a million little things, which were like the project turned turned out awesome. Yeah. We've posted a ton of pictures of it. <laughs> like it's a project I'm super proud of. I think it turned out so cool. Yeah. Um, he picked apart all these things. So I went out, met with him. And I was like, hey, look, I don't know at this point if we're going to be able to make you happy. Like you're you're suggesting we change out all these things to make it how you want it, which isn't the way that I would do it. But hey, the only thing I'm hesitant about, like, hey, we'll do it if that'll make you happy. But I'm worried we're going to do that and you're not going to be happy with it. Yeah. He was like, no, like this is it's my idea. So if I don't like it that way, I'm going to have to live with it. I'm like. Okay, we went like way above and beyond changing out all kinds of stuff, buying extra material just to like make him happy with this, do it the way that he wanted. 
Then we did that. And he still wasn't happy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we know a little bit that he wasn't happy, but pretty much completely ghosted us. Yeah. Wouldn't respond to any of my texts, calls, yeah. nothing. Even though we had kind of left it after that last meeting, like in a, in a really good place. I was like, look, you know, he was like, I really appreciate you coming out and like, sorry if I'm picking it apart too much. Like, I'm really happy. I think it looks awesome. He was even commenting on our Instagram post yeah. like this is the best backyard ever like it's so cool and i think a part of me thinks that like it was all it was always leading up to that like i think yeah. he was kind of like building up this like arsenal of like little things that he wasn't happy with yeah and he was never really planning on paying us the final payment yeah i think that that it kind of seemed that way because yeah. i told him a million times like We'll go above and beyond. We'll do whatever. Like, you want us to change this out? We'll change this out. We'll do whatever you need. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. Yeah. So, that was a... That was a learning experience. <laughs> it was a learning experience. And eventually, at the end of the day, like, it wasn't it wasn't a humongous sum of money that, like, was going to cripple our business. Yeah. It was more of a, uh, you know, like a... It was enough to be annoying. I will say that it, it was really, definitely it, <laughs> enough to be annoying it got but, really under my skin. Yeah. And you wanted to like but, really pursue it to the fullest just yeah. out of principle. And I just looked at it like, you know, if he, if he really doesn't, if he's not going to pay us this final amount, like it's not, I, it's not like I haven't tried to reach out to him and like, yeah. or he's, you know, out of the country and he doesn't have his phone and he's not getting these messages. Like he's getting the messages mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to pay us. Like, are yeah. we really going to put all this effort into, you know, getting a lawyer, suing him, putting a lien on his house, like all of this stuff at the end of the day, even if we get paid at the end, we put in all of this mental energy into yeah. that. At that point, I was, I was like more than happy to just cut my losses and then we'll for like, I won't have to ever answer his calls again. If he has an issue with something, we had already gotten our final uh, final inspection on everything. Yeah. Uh, inspector even said, like, how awesome it looked because <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, the inspector loved it. <laughs> and at that point, I was just happy to cut my losses, yeah. take it as a learning experience, and not devote any more mental energy into it. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes you can, that can just put you in, like, a really negative space and put a ton of stress on you. And was it worth it for the amount that he owed us? Yeah. I feel like it's right on that cut. The amount was like right on that cut for it. I mean, I was like, just like you said, for the principal, I was like, no, we have to yeah. go after this. Like this is, he, he, and it was like, he owes me like 7,500 bucks. Yeah. So, and it, like, even with the final inspection, you were texting him like, Hey, we're like, we need to be there. Like the inspector needs to, like, we need to get this inspection done. And he wouldn't even. Yeah. He wasn't even responding which, at that point. Yeah. And you can't, like, the township said, like, we can't do anything about it anyway until the final inspection is done. So it was, like, hindering that process if we wanted to pursue that. Yeah. So it was, like, it was just, uh, it was a nuisance. And I think that um, at that time was right, well, not, like, right at COVID, but, like, there was all those, like, um, shipping delays. That was really part of it, too. And, then yeah. like, we'd be, like, one paver short, and it was, like, that's what he yeah. would, like, hinge his argument on, which... I feel like he was just like looking for those things. Like, yeah, he made us move a retaining wall like four inches. Yeah. He's like, oh, like it should line up. And I'm like, 
I disagree. Like, I think that where we put it is in the best spot. But hey, this is your idea. Like, if that's going to make you happy and this will stop the the complaint. okay, we'll move it. Yeah. We did way too much stuff like that. Yeah. We should have cut our losses way sooner. For sure. But, you know, it was was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. (laughs) And the whole time he kind of had this like kind of like almost jovial type of like yeah. like ah i'm not trying to uh, you know i'm not trying to knock you too much but like you know look at this thing and it, yeah. it, he he didn't do it in like such a like an aggressive way so yeah. you know it wasn't it wasn't um it was just harder to it was harder to like navigate i think because yeah. of that yes um yeah it was like very it was fr- it was friendly so it was yeah it he was, was annoying. Friendly, so like, you met him with friendliness and yeah, and kind of like a little bit of like sarcastic back and forth because like yeah. that's how he was approaching me with things. So right. uh, it was it was definitely something I learned a lot from. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know what that was a tough one. That was a tough one, and I mean, number one, it was the most important thing was he was trying to get all this extra stuff like kind of thrown in or, Hey, can we do, can we do this at this price? And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I folded on way too many of those. Like I conceded way too much on the scope of work for the price and, and all this stuff. So that's, I think ultimately where it all started. Um, you know, cause I kind of did bend a little bit and, he probably saw that and was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a cakewalk. And yeah. um, judging from like a lot of the work inside of his house with, and, and stories he started telling us about the home builder. I don't think that this was his first time doing this to, to somebody. So uh, I think he kind of had that in his back pocket the whole time. Like, oh, I'll just bring up a bunch of stuff that I'm going to pretend I'm not happy with. And yeah, you know, then I just, I won't pay. Yeah. And I'll feel justified in that. So, but we definitely learned to go back to those like questions in the beginning. We definitely learned some questions to ask before, you know, signing any contracts with new clients from this job. Yeah. And I think one of the other things it, it kind of, um, it, it brought up was just drawing a more definitive line when those very initial things come up that like they're going a little bit too far. Yeah. Like, like getting serious and saying, look, I know that you are pointing out this and this, the project's not done yet. And we can't efficiently do your project with you bringing all these things every day to our attention. Yeah. It's not done yet. Yeah. We know what we have to do. We need you to trust us to do what we do. Yeah. We have this great reputation. We have this track record. We need you to trust us and we need you to kind of like lay off a little bit. Yeah. I think we need to get, I need to get better at like nipping that in the butt right when it comes up. Yeah. So. I think it's nipping in the bud, not butt. It is? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Huh. Nipping in the butt sounds like. I thought it was kind of like a dog, you know, like a nip. I thought it was like nipping at the bud, like of a flower. So you nip it at the bud, you stop it from growing. I think in, like when you do that, that's like cutting something back and it promotes more growth. We don't want to do that. Hmm. We want like a dog nipping in the butt to say like, don't, don't do, do that, that no more. 
okay. we'll look into that. <laughs> that is, but that is kind of another one of those like weird sayings that you don't really know where it comes from. But yeah. there it is. So, but I will say that we've I've been doing this for seven years, I think, almost mm-hmm. eight years, maybe. I don't know. And this was this was the first time I didn't get paid in full for a yeah. project. Uh, and I think we had, we had all the grounds to get a lawyer, take it to all kinds of stuff like that. And we, we would have probably won, but I just didn't feel like it was worth investing the energy in that. It wasn't enough, um, of like a, a, a withheld payment for us. Not to say that it's not a lot of money because it is, but I just thought it was going to really bog us down so much, especially me getting involved in all this like, you know, legal stuff when we have so much other stuff to do. Right. And I think at the end of the day, even if we won, I think like the productivity and the morale that it sucked out of us, we would have still been net negative. Yeah. Even if we won just from like, it's slowing us down on our current projects and yeah, uh, stressing us out. So yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that's a perfect example of like, you can't make every single person happy. There's always going to be some yeah. person like that that's going to find the, the reasons to be unhappy or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. we do have so many other wonderful clients that say such nice things. Yeah. And this, that project was a great project. And like, whenever we post finished stuff from that, <laughs> yeah. people absolutely love it. So. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, and that's, that's another thing that, um, I've had, I've talked to a lot of different contractors about that, that like, you know, we'll have a conversation like uh, I'm having the worst time with this client. Like they don't want to pay me. Like I'm so done with this, this project. Like I wanted to get all these cool finish shots of it. And I'm like, make sure that you get the finish shots of this project. Like don't let this client not pay you. Like even if they're disputing every little thing and they're, they're cutting it down and saying like, this is terrible. Like you're a hack. Yeah. Whatever. Like if you really did a good job and you believe in it, make sure that you get the pictures because they already took money out of your pocket. Yeah. Don't let them take a really great portfolio shot out of your, you know, marketing repertoire. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. It's like I'm going to I'm going to post it as much as possible because we got some <laughs> awesome pictures of it. We did. Yeah. We did like a really, really cool design on it. And uh, at the end of the day, it's it's a project that I look back on with like negative energy just because of the, <laughs> the experience we had with the client. But at the end of the day, it's a project that I'm really proud of. I yeah. loved the design. Yeah. Um, if anything, like it, all the details were like spot on. Yeah. It was very, we had very little issues with, with really anything. Like sometimes yeah. things don't come together like absolutely as you want. It's something a client would never notice, but you know, it's something that we look at like, ah, we could have done this detail like a little bit better if we built it again. Yeah. This, it really went super smooth. So smooth. It was really great besides dealing with, <laughs> dealing with the client. But, uh, you know, make sure yeah. that you don't let them take more from you. If they're, if they're going to try to withhold payment, don't let them like, don't not post pictures of it just because it's bringing up like a negative experience in your mind because that's a valuable asset at the end of the day. Like don't let them take that from you as well. Right. So yeah, something to think about there. It can be a bummer. Yeah. That client would also come out and talk to you for like hours at a time, taking you away from building, which 
that is like, ugh, what a time suck. Which yeah. he would, it would be like hours, like literally hours where they would like come out and talk to yeah. you and like go over all these things with you. And you're like, we're not done building that yet. That we're yeah. also not done building that yet. Like, and it's like, <laughs> so we it's already, we a, talked about that yesterday. Yeah. So okay. another learning experience when to like cut those conversations off. Yeah. Like, just, just go, stop. Just go back just inside. Just stop. Go back inside. <laughs> ah, I wish you worked normal work hours so you weren't here. Um, but let's get Good back times. to the positives because yeah. most of the clients that we deal with are yeah. absolutely incredible. And um, an example from the project that we are on now. Um, so they have been amazing clients for us. Yeah, like they, they have been super understanding this is a project that we were expecting to start you know previously we got delayed with our last project so we're already starting a little bit late but they've been super understanding through the whole thing um two instances came up where i felt like it was the right thing to like just go above and beyond and not charge them for something and the first thing was our architect must have miscalculated uh, height on the top of a window and our beam was going to be like our beam was going to be in front of the window essentially. So we decided like we either had to change that out to a door, which was going to lower the the height or change it out to a smaller window. And we brought the ideas to the clients and they were okay with doing a smaller window. They didn't want to put another door there. So, um, they were like, you know, how much is this going to set us back? And it's one of those things that like you kind of see on HGTV, like, oh, this is unexpected, like into our contingency. But for me, it was like, okay, that was clearly a miscommunication at some point between me and the architect. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the client. Um, It's not their responsibility. So I said like, no, don't worry about that at all. Like we are going to get you a different size window. We're going to install it like doesn't affect your price whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So that was one thing. The next thing was they decided they wanted to expand one of the sets of stairs and make it like twice as wide. It was supposed to be five or six feet and now it's going to be like 10 feet wide. And especially because they presented it like, you know, we were looking at it and we thought it'd be really cool if this set of stairs was like a little bit more inviting and wider leading down to the patio. Um, you know, but how much is it going to like throw off the budget, like that kind of stuff. And for us, it's, it's not, it's, it's definitely a little bit of extra work, but they've been awesome so far. They've been really great to deal with super understanding about everything that we've had going on. So I looked at it like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit extra work. It'll be a couple extra deck boards doing the treads and all that kind of stuff. But this is something that I'm definitely comfortable just adding in. It's not going to add a whole bunch of time to the project. It's just kind of like, you know, it'll take one person, you know, maybe an extra six hours or something totally between framing out a little bit more and the little bit more of, uh, of trim on it. So mm-hmm. I decided it was something that, was a good thing to throw in for them because they've been so great to deal with already. It was easy enough for us to do. We had the extra material on site. We had all the framing and everything. So I didn't have to buy additional material. It was really just the time. And I thought it was a good, a nice gesture to do for them. Yeah. They're super appreciative. 
I think it was a really good idea to make them wider. It looks really great. So that was something that I think was a good example of throwing things in for free when it was either something that was our fault or it's something easy enough for us to do. And it's going to make a big impact for the client, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And they're super happy. So, yeah. And I think you need to like, you need to tread that balance between charging for all the upgrades and everything like that. But at the end of the day, especially on a really large project, you don't want the client to feel like, all right, we're already spending all this money. And now every day it's just like nickel and diming. Like, yeah. Oh, this is like one extra foot than we thought. So it's going to be an extra whatever. Like we want that experience. Like we agreed on a price. I'm supposed to be the expert. I'm supposed to see all the unforeseen things. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't have like all of these unexpected price increases as the job goes on. Yeah. So we try to limit those as much as absolutely possible. And for the most part we do, unless it's something that the client wants to add. Yeah. Like if we don't, if we see come into like an unforeseen circumstance, it's just something most of the time it doesn't add that much time or that much material. Yeah. And I look at it as something that I need to be aware of that next time because I'm supposed to be the expert. Yeah. The client's not supposed to know what, you know, that this is supposed to be this way. Yeah. And I think it creates this like relationship with them that if they did want to do some sort of other, like more expensive add on that they would trust you more in your like pricing fairness. Like if they're like, if you're like nickel and diming them for everything and they were like, okay, well we really wanted to add this extra pergola on the side or whatever. They'd be like, Oh, but he's really, you know, it'll really be like, something crazy and but if you're you've already thrown something in and it's like you've yeah you've been like okay well you've been really patient with waiting with us like you know then you kind it of build up it, that trust yeah, yeah it creates more of like a trusting relationship it's where true. they'd be more likely to add on something pricier in the future that's true potentially but also don't do that because we are, we're on a time frame we're on a time crunch <laughs> here god uh it all comes back to the schedule uh, yeah. at the end of the day and I, you know what i think that uh we could go on forever about client relationships because every client's different. Every project's different. There's always going to be new situations. So it's something that we'll probably touch on again as new situations come up and we decide there's something that we can learn from it. So, uh, this felt like a a good therapeutic episode for me to get all this stuff out. Yeah. I hope everyone can relate to it. Uh, (laughs) do you want to get into the secret question? Yeah. Do you have one? Do you? Yeah. You do? I, oh, you don't? I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, but you have time to think yours. about yeah, it because I, I did think okay. of one. Okay. Okay. So we've been doing our goal, habit, you know, all that kind of stuff for almost like a good part of this whole year. Like we've really yep. been doing pretty good with it. We've been sticking with our reading, exercise, meditation for the most part. Yep. Um, what have you found to be the most impactful thing when it comes to sticking to these habits? A lot of people say it's like you got to do it for 21 days and then it sticks. You got to have an accountability buddy system. You got to have someone to track it. We kind of do all of those things. Yeah. Um, so it was the most impactful? Well, yeah. What What do you think was like the number one thing that is that has really made it stick? Hmm. Excuse me. Uh, I, th- I think having just an accountability partner, like... The buddy system. The buddy system. I yeah. really think that that was it. Like... Yeah. Other goals, it's easier to, when someone's not like asking you if you've done that thing, it's easier to be like, okay, well, you know, it's raining outside. I'm not going to go run. Yeah. Or, you know, like 
but if I go to work and I feel ashamed if I have to go to work the next day and you're like, yeah, did you try Fecta? And I'm yeah. like, no, that's a bad feeling. So it must be because the there guilt. hasn't been many days that, that you've said no. <laughs> Mostly it's me like ah, I had a lot on my plate yesterday. Uh, what about yeah. you? What's your what do you think is the I think for so my biggest uh, the hardest thing for me with like sticking to habits is not like. I'm really good at like starting habits and doing them for like three weeks, a month, two months, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's like hitting that like stumbling block and falling off for a little bit. It's like getting back on. So I think for me, the most impactful thing has been the sticker chart. Um, Just seeing it up there, like committing to putting up a sticker if you did it and not putting up a sticker if you didn't and like really consistently do that and it's right in front of your face. Um, but I think that the buddy system has helped the sticker chart. Yeah. The consistency maybe you with wouldn't the sticker have chart. stuck with the sticker chart. If exactly. Have, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the whole 21 days of doing something is completely bunk. I don't believe that for at all. Yeah. I always wondered about that. It is doesn't it 21 work for days me. though? I thought it was not... I thought it was more than 21 days. I thought it was like 100 days. It's a million days to start a habit. Or no, um, 100 hours? I don't know. Are you thinking of 10,000 hours? Malcolm Gladwell to become Mm, an expert? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's a lot longer. That's a lot longer. (laughs) That's a lot longer, yeah. Um, But either way, I I feel like it doesn't, there's not like some tipping point where. Another Malcolm Gladwell book. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Actually, like there was definitely a point where I felt like these things are just part of my life now and I just do them and I feel, I just genuinely, like not only am I, do I feel ashamed to tell you that I haven't done something, but I also just feel like it's just part of my day now. I have to fit it in. But I don't think there was like a time. No. What? What? I'm, (laughs) it's so hot in here. I'm like sweating so bad. It's so hot in here. I'm sweating bullets. Said something we should have turned on the air conditioner. Well, it's, I mean, we're almost done now. Yeah. So what's the point? So you don't. So was there? You think it was? It's uh, the it's the buddy system. I think it is. It's I having think it's an accountability a partner. Numbers situation. I think that it's like. Yeah. Um. I th- I think that I've often talked myself out of habits. Like, um, I love being busy, and I usually do things to just constantly keep myself busy, and I'll use that as an excuse. Like if I um. Like if I can't, if I don't have time to run, I'm like, well, I was busy all day and I was busy yeah. doing other important things. So it's not like exercising is more important than those other important things. Um, yeah. But that's not the case, you know? That's true. And if yeah. I have someone else that I am ashamed to tell that I didn't exercise too, then it keeps you me accountable. Say, yeah, I love it. But now it's just part of me. So I don't, not that I don't need you, your okay. accountability anymore, but uh, yeah. But you don't. And that's okay. I've, yeah. I think I've graduated. You can spread your wings am, and fly yeah. with your habits. I still am. You're still going to work am. here, though? I still am, yeah. Okay, good. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Do you have a secret question? Yes. Okay. What is... I'm sweating. <laughs> it's so hot in here. It's really hot Oh, my here. God. Okay. I'll ask you All a quick right. question. Okay. Okay, so... Not what's your biggest fear, but what is the thing in life that disgusts you the most? disgusts me the most wow uh well i mean this could go like so many different ways like just 
I don't want to go like d- dark with it. Like, you know, there's just like really horrible things that happen in the world that just. Okay. Well, something that like something that you encounter that you think is disgusting. Like. I feel like there's also a lot of different ways. Like, like something that like, like one of those weird things that gives me like the chills. Like, yeah. ah, like I can't. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's really only like one thing <laughs> that does that. And I, it's hard. I can't even like really talk about it because it like. Oh, it just, it, it <laughs> bugs me out so bad. Okay. And it is, it's cold M&M's. Cold M&M's? Like, if you get M&M's mixed into ice cream, oh. they're like rock hard. Yeah. You try to just bite into it, and then it like, I don't know, it like slides off your tooth, and it, like, it just, <laughs> it gives me the chills so bad, I can't even think about it. It's like traumatizing to me. Oh. Um, it's really horrible. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting one. Yeah. Didn't, <laughs> you weren't expecting answer. that one? <laughs> yeah. uh, Good one. Speaking of weird things that uh, will traumatize you, also traumatized by Yuhu. And you know that story, right? <laughs> yes. I've heard that story. Uh, yeah. I got trapped in a seatbelt in uh, like my best <laughs> friend, neighbor across the street, their parents, uh, like 87 Ford Aerostar <laughs> minivan. <laughs> seatbelt got jammed they also had a shore house so it was probably like full of sand or something yeah. but it jammed and it you know they didn't want to cut the seatbelt because like at that point it was like only like a six-year-old car or something you know yeah. fairly new yeah and uh took it down to the mechanic i'm still I'm still trapped in it they bring me out of yoohoo and uh i was trapped in it for like a long time and then they had to they, had, they finally <laughs> did make the the tough decision to cut the seatbelt <laughs> And uh, and now you'll hold it against you. I can't. Forever. I can't even look at a Yoohoo <laughs> without it bringing back horrible, horrible memories. So, uh, all right, what is the is... thing that disgusts you the most <laughs> in the whole world? All right, well, I'm asking you this because it's very topical to me. Okay, the thing that disgusts me most is swarming bugs. A, bu- a swarm oh, of God. any kind of bug. Because I was in my bathroom the other day, and I'm standing there brushing my teeth, You're and I'm looking bugs in there, and I look up at the mirror, and I see. Like two flying ants in there. And I was like, that's weird. I wonder how they got in here. And then I look around and there's like a couple more. And I was like, oh, no. Then I turn and I look at the floor. They're all over my bathroom floor. And I almost vomited. It was horrible. How many were talking? Absolutely hard. Hundreds. Why? Flying ones? Yeah. Flying ants. They were little ants and they were flying. And I had to Google it because we have also had that situation, that pretty much exact same situation with termites before. Oh, no. And uh, Uh, termites do have wings. Equally horrible. But the termites are a little bit bigger than flying ants. So I looked it up. These were just flying ants. And apparently they just like they go to a place and swarm and then it's like harmless. Like they just I mean, I vacuumed them all up. So they didn't didn't leave in my case, but that's what they do, I guess. (laughs) But it was I. I like couldn't sleep at night because it like bothered me so much. But the same thing happened when we had termites that was in my kitchen and I, there was a garden bed out on the other side of my kitchen wall. Mm -hmm. And I guess I disturbed them or something, but I came inside and I saw a couple and I was like, that's weird. I came back. There were literally hundreds in one corner of my kitchen and I, you were freaked out my dang mind. It was awful. So that's pretty much my worst nightmare. If anybody ever wants to like torture me, that's, that's what it would be. It's still so fresh on my brain that I felt like I needed to talk about it right now. Well, it it feels <laughs> like we've we've both gotten out a lot. This and was this has been very You're therapeutic. Yeah. So um glad that, that we could do that. So hmm. 
Hopefully you got that situation taken Whew. care of. It sounds like you, yeah, there you vacuumed there. them all up. They so. weren't anyone there today, so we're good. That's good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need some time <laughs> to just really digest Process all of this. this I, yeah. I hope that uh, you know, people can kind of relate to some of these things with client relationships and cold yeah. M Ms and swarming <laughs> insects and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, we'll have another really good topic for you next week. Yeah. That I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. So Till next time. Oh, God, a cricket. A cricket. Oh, God. I got to get out of here. It's okay. Hot crickets. All right. All right. Well, until next time, <laughs> this has been the hardworking happy hour. See you next week.